Magic Podcast. Join me on a journey to uncover the secret recipe to food and beverage industry success. Welcome back to another episode of the Food Magic Podcast. Today we have such a special guest with us, Nicole Marquis, founder and CEO of Hip City Veg, Charlie Was a Sinner, and Bar Bon Bon. Welcome, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. It, it's such an inspiration. I've uh, followed your journey the past few years, and I just I love what you've built in the city. It's so nice to see a fellow foodpreneur, lady boss, make her mark in this wonderful, delicious city. And you've definitely you've created such a huge movement when it comes to the vegan market. I'd love to hear about it. Thank you so much. Yeah, so we opened the first Hip City Veg in Rindhouse Square of April of 2012. Mm -hmm. And it was an incredible experience. Uh, we opened at 10 a.m. in the morning and by 1 p.m., we had completely sold out of food. I love that. Yeah, and that <laughs> it was a whirlwind. And hundreds of people were there to eat veggie burgers. And wow. this is the cheesesteak capital of the world. And I say that all the time that, mm -hmm. you know, if we can if we can do this in Philly, uh, where we're so proud of our cheesesteaks and everything, we can... <laughs> and so, our whiz. <laughs> and our whiz. We can certainly do it all over the world. And... Um, it was an exciting time mm -hmm. uh, where plant-based foods um, in this way were just starting to appear on menu items all over the city. And Philly loves an underdog and mm -hmm. so supportive and welcoming and uh, has been cheering, cheering us on ever since. That's amazing. Are you a Philadelphian from the start? I am. I'm a... Philly girl, born and raised. <laughs> I grew up here my whole life. I moved to California for graduate school, moved back home, and that's when I really knew what I wanted to dedicate my life to, mm -hmm. which is plant-based eating to help the health of people, help the health of the environment, and yeah. of course, animal welfare. So can you talk a little, were you always, did you grow up in a vegan household or is it something you stumbled upon by yourself? No, I did not grow up in a vegan household. <laughs> my mother is Puerto Rican. Ooh. My father is half French, half Italian. He was born and raised in Philadelphia as well. Mm -hmm. And meat was part of every single dish sure. at the dinner table. And I have so many fond memories of that uh, with my grandparents <laughs> on both sides and with my, my parents. The love for food um, was evident, you know, in my family, mm -hmm. and um, so many special memories around that. But growing up, I saw little by little my family have major health problems, yeah. and you know, my father's a nurse practitioner. I adore my father; he's the smartest guy I know. <laughs> and but when I suggested that he eat plant based to help him. Uh, put his, or rather reverse his diseases, because mm -hmm. I truly believed from everything I had been reading that you can do that. Uh, he just, you know, he threw his hands up and he said, look, I have a fine diet. I don't eat that many sweets. I have diabetes because my father has diabetes. It's totally genetic. I said, Poppy, we have, you've got to try this. You know, I gave him two books, the same books I had read, 
the China study and mm-hmm. uh, by Dr. T. Colin Campbell and Eat to Live by Joel Furman, which I really recommend if for anyone who's interested in plant-based eating mm-hmm. or you know if you have a loved one that you want to help with their health. These are incredible books. And they changed my life. And when my father read it, he he was quickly convinced of the wow, need to impressive. yeah to con- to change his diet. But I think what really convinced him was when I made him a green smoothie, the same one we sell today at Hip City Veg. Mm-hmm. It has spinach, organic apples, pineapple, banana. Sometimes has orange in it, mm-hmm. water. And he was, you know, meat, meat and potatoes guy. He was really surprised he could enjoy so much spinach in a, <laughs> in a glass and, um, you know, said, I'll give this a try. So it was taste that hooked him. Wow. He, uh, the reading and the research and the, the evidence behind it really impressed him. And within two months of adopting a plant-based diet, oh, sorry, uh, he was able to... Lose 25 pounds. Wow. He eliminated all four of his medications. He achieved normal blood pressure and put his type 2 diabetes into remission for some time. That was a miracle. That for is us. a miracle. My mother I'm saw it. Chills right yeah. Now. <laughs> you know, my mother saw that and was like, I'm hopping on board. She lost weight, um, alleviated the symptoms of osteoarthritis. She, wow. uh, you know, really transformative and utterly remarkable what happened to my family and I knew at that point I've got to bring this to people everywhere but I have to do it in a way that people want to eat this way you know I can't I can't preach enough to convince people to want to eat in a healthier way I have to be able to make it really delicious Mm -hmm. make it convenient easy to eat vegan Mm -hmm. and um I thought people would like it if I did it that way, and I think they do. I think they really do, especially <laughs> with all of your fantastic options and the fun sauces that you play with. It adds such a level of depth. What's What's your favorite thing on the menu of wow. any of the spots? You know, it changes every year. Like, I get hooked <laughs> onto one thing, and then I just – I remember the first year I just ate udon noodle salads for, like, 12 months. That's all I was eating. Um you know, right now I'm loving our smokehouse burger. Mm. Uh, we use the Beyond Meat patty for that, and it's really juicy. And they've done such a fantastic job; it's really impressive. They really have, and we have similar vision and mission, which is to uh, bring plant-based foods to people everywhere. Yeah, that's amazing. So, so you became vegan after it was more so for your family, in a sense. Yeah. And initially, yeah, it was I selfishly. I just wanted to feel better. Yeah, I, I wanted to. I wouldn't even say that's selfish. When we feel better, we can serve better. Absolutely, and it it was a spiritual experience for me and wow. transformed my life because it became this holistic view uh, um, regarding what we eat. I was able to feel better myself. My family's health was transformed, and then I realized the important aspects of eating plant-based foods for the environment mm-hmm. and that was an all-consuming passion for me. Yeah. Uh, we know that animal agriculture is one of the leading causes of global climate change and 51% of 
or more of all greenhouse gases derive is derived from animal agriculture. So wow. that's uh, these facts, you know, that I started reading and learning about had a profound impact on me, mm-hmm. and I realized that plant-based foods can have the single greatest positive impact on the world. Yeah, you know, health-wise and environmentally, and then compassion for all living things. Yeah, yeah, that's That's pretty amazing. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Are your plans are expansion in your plans, or do you have any fun new concepts brewing in your creative mind? Yes, so no new concepts right now. I'm sort of hyper focused on hip city veg. Makes sense. Part of um, success. One of the challenges in success is also being able to say no to all of the opportunities that come your way, which yeah. is a beautiful problem to have, yes. right? But I always uh, talk about focus and how important it is to, um, yes, be flexible, but to also have a plan and to work towards your your goal and mm-hmm. your ultimate vision. And so I'm back focusing right on Hip City Veg. Um, I'm so proud of the other uh, full-service restaurants that we created. Charlie was a sinner mm-hmm. and Bar Bonbon. Uh, Bar Bonbon was a passion project of mine, an homage to my Puerto Rican roots. Oh, and um, Charlie was a sinner is just a nice, sexy, moody cocktail <laughs> lounge that I can hang you out in. You in a lounge? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, yeah. So, right now, it's um, looking at the five-year plan for Hip City Veg, mm-hmm. expanding into multiple regions and uh, furthering our mission. That's really amazing. It's exciting to think that it's going to be, I mean, I love seeing it in Philly, but I also love bumping into Philly brands outside of Philly. So excited. Me too. I'm very excited for you. Um, so when it comes to the business side of things, is it something that came naturally to you or do you have mentors and inspiration that really helps with that process? Definitely both. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've had incredible support and help and mentorship along the way. I'm just naturally very curious and um, ask a lot of questions and was always the young kid who was hanging out with all of the adults at the party instead of all of the other That was me too. Yeah, you know, I... I guess we both share that um, need to learn and to always explore and to... And connect and communicate with others. Absolutely. And so uh, a lot of that comes naturally, but I also had, you know, the influence my my parents had on me was uh, really profound and and helped me uh, become the person that I am. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) Um, I know that you mentioned a couple books. Are there any books that really impacted you from the business side that you would recommend to people? Yeah, absolutely. Probably not a little non-traditional. Non-traditional is great. <laughs> I was, My life changed after I read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Yes. Yeah. You're only three feet away from gold. Do not give up. That was the main message from that. And also that our thoughts create things. That understanding of mental focus and um, it's deeper than just positive thinking. Although people ask me, how did you build Hip City Veg? And I'm like, I think it was positive thinking. How can you build (laughs) Hip City Veg, you know? Uh, 
So Think and Grow Rich is really important. I always recommend The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. Mm -hmm. Just a step-by-step guide to creating your your own vision for your own life um, and independence and how to sort of navigate um, being an entrepreneur. So it's a great book. Yeah. Uh, Plant-Based Eating, I said earlier a few books that I, I would recommend. Um, yeah, those are, those are just, two. You're just ones. a library of knowledge. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I would say I totally agree with you. Working on mindset is one of the most important things. I think what separates people that do it from the ones that are scared to is mindset. Absolutely. Because we, we have to encounter fear anyway, so how do we make it our friend? Or how do we allow the space for it in our mind and in our experience and know that we can keep going in the face of fear? Absolutely. You know, I see people around me that are so talented. I'm certainly not the smartest person in the room. I'm not the most talented person in the room. But I have made a definite decision to do what I'm doing. And that... That separates people who are doing it and who are not. So mindset is key and, and, and focusing on opportunity whenever there's challenges rather than focusing on the challenge, right, right. to push you down um, is something I always talk about. At the very least, when issue or adversity comes our way, the opportunity is to learn. 100%. And there's so much value in that piece. When you started Hip City Veg, did you right away see it as an empire that was going to have multiple locations, or did you start small and see the trend happen, and then you wanted to build it out? I 100% saw it as an empire. And uh, people say, oh, did you expect it? And I said, yeah, I did. This is exactly what I meant. This is what I wanted, you know? Yeah. And, and I don't mean that... I think some people shy away from saying that because it's, it could sound a little cocky, right? Right. Especially, and, I know as a woman, it's sometimes weird to have that type of demeanor. That type, yeah, it really is. And I always, as and I think that is a, a woman thing. I really do. I, I myself feel, oh, I don't want to seem too arrogant. Let me, you know, I'm I'm not arrogant. I'm I'm just you're a dreamer. I'm, yeah, and a visionary. Right? And so. Um, <laughs> I've had to learn to to not second guess myself and, mm-hmm. and really be comfortable in my confidence. And um, I guess that's a weird statement, but yeah, you know. Yeah. But I think that's a really important one. And I th- no matter, I don't I th- don't think this is gender specific, but understanding confidence and really being able to exude it is a very big uphill battle for many people out there, whether mm. it be business owners or not. It's just something that. We all live with that voice in our head. Yeah. And it's a scary place to just sit there and listen to it because if you keep listening to it without changing your relationship to yourself, then you get stuck in that loop. It's true. You do. Yeah. And so it's just about practice and repetition. Yeah. Just, and and auto-suggestion to yourself. Hmm. You know, a lot of it is just telling a different story. It's it's an automatic story to have this negative feedback loop, right? Right. Where we're to, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm not enough. I'm, I'm scared. No one's going to want this. I'm doubt, 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 right? And so it's really being mindful and catching that and saying, wait a minute, that doesn't serve me 
anymore. Yeah. And it's certainly not how I would talk to my best friend, you know? So I need to actively suggest something different to myself until I start to believe it. Wow. Because belief is only a thought. We have thought many, mm-hmm. many times. Yeah. I think we have like 40,000 thoughts per day and over 80% of them are the same one. Is, is a thought that we've had before. Right. And to break that pattern is really the key probably. Right. And like anything else or any muscle that you're building, it mm-hmm. just requires exercise and practice. Definitely. Yeah. So it's part... So what going back to your original question, is it something that I've always had or is it people in my life that have encouraged me? And I said, it's both. It really is. Um, mm-hmm. Which means we we all have the power to change our mindset to benefit us and to achieve the success we want. That was so beautifully stated. Oh, thank <laughs> we'll you. We'll quote that one for okay. you. <laughs> thank you. Um, so how big is your team and... What are some some tips or some things that you've learned over the years? I know that when you were out of the room, Alexis was saying what an inspiration you are. Oh, and that she really loves working with you. Amazing. And your positive, optimistic attitude is something that really stands out about you. So how do you implement that in the workplace and how do you hire based on those principles? That's a great question. And we are working to get better and better at that every day. Um, because how do you know that someone has a positive mindset right from the beginning? I mean, there's a few things. One, we have the Disney rule that um, we we need to engage with a smile and eye contact in the first five seconds of meeting that person. That's really important because we're in the service industry and yeah. we, we need to connect in a positive way. So that's one of our rules. If you don't smile when we first meet you, you're that we don't move on. I love that rule. Yeah, that's not original. <laughs> that came from Disney, and we admire what they what they do with service. Um, and then um, the questions we ask in the interview are really important to see what kind of um, attitude and mindset a person has um, when they're dealing with challenges, um, because operating in the food industry, which you probably know, (laughs) is um, one constant fire that you have to put out. That's what it is. Every single day, it's like, oh, okay, so the hood went down, and then the grill broke, and now the door's not working, (laughs) and this guest is unhappy about this, or, you know, there's a... um, an outbreak and we can't get uh, lettuce anymore from California or whatever it is. You know, there's always, always something. something. <laughs> and so how does one stay in the solution mindset? And we ask certain questions in the interview. Um, we have a three-interview process. It's really important that we're bringing in um, to the right people into our home. Right. <laughs> you know, this is our second home yeah. working. Yeah. Uh, and our team is growing about, we have around 300 employees. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you think that veganism and plant-based lifestyle is a trend or a movement that's here to stay? Great question. I definitely think that plant-based eating is a movement. It is the way of the future. We are all not just, and it's not just my wishful thinking, it is 
where we need to go um, to sustain to sustain life right now. We have a serious climate crisis on our hands, yeah. and animal agriculture is the most destructive food technology on earth. And by eating plant-based meals, we can dramatically reduce our carbon footprint. And that's why I want to make it easy to do that. You know, food is so personal. It, it is. is so deeply rooted in our traditions and our emotions and our family life that it's hard to tell someone they should eat a different way. What we know yeah. is that people love burger shakes and fries, right? <laughs> and there are comfort foods and classic menu items that people everywhere love. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we can provide that same experience, but it just happens to be plant-based, I think that's our recipe for success. And yeah also what is going to help avoid this climate crisis we're facing. Yeah, and I think as business owners, there is responsibility that falls on us. We have an ethical responsibility to do what's good for the world and the people in it. We do. We have a responsibility as leaders to fight for the greater good and to make this world a better place. And in turn, that purpose is what's going to help us get through the challenges of being an entrepreneur. <laughs> it's going to take it's, it's going well, to that reason why us. is very strong, right? I like to say every day is a roller coaster, and your reason why is the strap that holds you in. So if you have a strong reason why, you're going to make it through the roller coaster, and if you don't, you might flail out, and that's really scary. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm going to ask you the question we ask at every interview: What was your food magic moment? That's such a great question. (laughs) It's hard to pinpoint one moment because food was central to all of my family experiences. (laughs) I remember vividly being in the kitchen with my grandmother here in Philadelphia and how she would cook homemade pasta and soups and she would bake. I remember vividly in Puerto Rico with my grandmother and my grandfather in the kitchen as they would cook traditional Puerto Rican recipes um, that were just, it gives me nostalgia, right? Even yes. thinking about it. Um, and how much my father loves food and all different types of cuisine. He is so adventurous with food and, and really instilled that in me and my brother. That's beautiful. I think food is the centerpiece of human connection, and it really does light up any memory, like the the big dinner tables with family around it, whether it be for a birthday or a holiday or just a random Tuesday night. It's just, it makes it so magical. Absolutely. (laughs) So I wanted to also ask, this is something specific to you, but, and I really admire this about you. You've become a mother in the past couple years. Yeah. Has that changed your experience as an entrepreneur? And I would just like to, yeah, love to hear about that. Absolutely. My baby, Lucas, he's (laughs) two and a half. Wow. He is the light of my life. Just such an incredible soul. 
and we're having so much fun. This, this <laughs> stage is a toddler. He, it's, he's curious. He's like, it's cuteness overload. So I'm having <laughs> a great time. Uh, but being a mom did change my entire experience. Um, as an entrepreneur and a CEO, um, I didn't fully understand how challenging it is to be a parent and how much um, that would affect me in my role as a mm-hmm. CEO. It turns out it made me a better CEO. Wow. I am, I have a level of empathy that. Um, I thought I had tons of empathy before fighting for the greater good and animals, <laughs> but this goes even deeper. Wow. Um, I have better connections with with people, with my employees, with other people I'm working with, my guests. Um, everything has become so much more meaningful. So it really is a magical experience, but it is also tremendously difficult to continue to lean in as a woman into your career mm-hmm. while you're also raising children. And for so long, um, you know, I would get the question a lot, what is it like to be a female entrepreneur? And it was always a hard question for me to answer because I was surrounded by men and women who would support me and cheer me on. And I felt very equal and I had you know, I grew up with a feminist father, so, um, you know, I just had blinders on, really, and was like, I'm going to grind and, and do whatever I can to make this a success. It did, I, I, in very, it wasn't very few and far between moments where I would think, oh, this is harder because I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. Although, I know that there are so many challenges to women yeah. in the workplace. And so I never want to minimize that. For me, it's when I became a mom and I thought I said, "Wow. Th- there are differences between men and women in the workplace. The workplace is not set up for moms, right? And careers. That it is not set up for breastfeeding, for being up all night um with and and then coming into work and having to be on point and act like everyone else at the table who got eight hours of sleep. <laughs> um, it's not set up for even a level of understanding wasn't there that I saw around me. It was like, oh, now, you know, Nicole has to go home to the baby. You know, it was almost like a little frustration there. And um, I hope to change some of that and that sort of that environment where um, you are forced to lean out of your career. I hope to change that with what I'm doing in our company and support. I don't know yet exactly how. I'm getting ideas from all over the place on mm-hmm. how to make this the best workplace for women. Um, and I, that's, I hope to create that. That's definitely a goal of mine. Yeah. Well, sometimes it takes one to know one. Now Now you know now what's needed. Now I know. And I'm so grateful to know. And that I'm in a position of leadership to be able to do something, do about, something that. about that. And I truly want to because it was the hardest 18 months, 24 months of my career. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because you 
I don't want to, I didn't want to go to work because I felt guilty about leaving Lucas, but when I wasn't working, I felt guilty about not being at work. It's like having two children. It's like having two children in two separate places, right? (laughs) And you're like, well, which one do I go to now? And I don't know, and I don't want to generalize, but I don't think men have that same worry and that same relationship with the home. And I I know that's a big generalization. There are probably awesome stay-at-home dads and fathers who um, take on more of the home responsibilities. But I guess the advice I would give to any woman in their career is read Sheryl Sandberg's Lean In. Mm -hmm. Such a great statement. Lean in to your career 100%. Do it all now. Um, so that when you are family planning, uh, you want choose the partner that is going to support you to continue to do that mm-hmm. and, um, set yourself up with a, um, support network and a, a career that's there to support you through, um, being a mom. Yeah. Well, I admire it because it, motherhood and businesshood looks great on you and simultaneously so (laughs) thank you and sometimes I mean I've gotten that question before as well being like a young female founder like what when's that happening or what's the plan or like what are you going to do when that happens and I just keep saying work-life integration work-life integration quick story I want to tell you I was I met someone a really great guy he uh, we had a business meeting, and he said, so tell me, how do you balance being a CEO and a, and a mom? How do you balance all of that? What do you think you're going to do in the future when you expand? And before I could answer, he stopped himself, and he said, you know what? I'm so sorry. I would never ask a guy that question. So I take that, that back. Wow. And I thought that was a pretty cool, pretty cool move that to just cool pause move. and realize you know. Did you end up working with him? We're still very close. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That is nice. I mean, that's even a good response if that question comes up, right? Yeah. Would you ask a man? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, what has been something that was very, very challenging in your business and how did you handle it? Oh, wow. I know. You must have had many. Today? Yeah. Today? Well, which which challenge? Which ch- yeah. <laughs> um, there are challenges every single day, big and small. It's hard to, not to skirt around the question at all, but it's a daily, a daily challenge. I think um, making the right decisions with growth, real estate, picking the right real estate is huge when you have brick and mortar. Um, yeah. You know, uh, creating a culture where employees want to be here and want to do this work with, with us is a challenge every day and is one of my great um, focuses right now. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. What do you wish people knew about the food and beverage industry that you now know via your experience? It's one of the most challenging industries to go into. There are so many variables uh, (laughs) that you have to work with and um, it's a very hard business. <laughs> Beware. <laughs> uh, but you can have a great impact. 
You really can. You can. Because it's the thing we do three times a day. What do we do? We eat. Sometimes more more than three times a day. (laughs) Yes. Um, And now we're shifting to an experience economy where people would rather spend on experience than new clothes or new things. And that's superbly interesting. I think it's millennials were the first to spend more on food than new shoes. Wow. Which is pretty amazing for all of us in this room. Yeah. Is there any phrase or quote that really resonates with you that you'd like to share? Winston Churchill, never give up. Never, ever, 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 ever give up. I just feel such a, like a victorious, amazing, like (laughs) general style vibes from you. And I really love that. Sometimes it feels like you're almost amidst a war, right? When you're... Like, it's it's just a crazy battle day to day sometimes. Yeah. So I, I love that phrase. And that that's what's going to get us through. Thank you. <laughs> Nicole, thank you so much for your time, your energy, what you're building and your passion. It's such a pleasure to be able to sit down with you and share your story. So great to be here. Thank you so much. Looks like we're all out of time for today. Thanks so much for tuning in to discover the secret recipe to food and beverage industry success. Make sure to tune into next week's episode. And in the meantime, spread the love. Check us out on Instagram or our website, Food Magic Podcast. Mwah!